Will fleets bring the story format to Twitter for real? Or will there just be a fleeting moment when they were around? It's episode 401 of the Dan York Report, and in case you didn't see it on Twitter, if you don't pay attention or whatever, on November 17th, Twitter brought fleets to its global audience. This is the story format, as we say, that was first popularized by Snapchat. You know, the kind of thing that's a vertical format. You shoot it on your phone. It's it's get posted. It's uh, gone in 24 hours. It's ephemeral. It's just there and then gone. Twitter tried this out, tested it in Brazil, Italy, India, and South Korea. And then in November here, they rolled it out globally. This is stories in a different way. And many of us have been experimenting with it. Now, if you want to experiment with it first, it's only on mobile and mobile phones. It's on iOS or Android with the latest app for Twitter. You can just go to your main screen and right across the top, there's a bar. You've probably already seen this that has different people's fleets or stories. And they're there. When you click on that, somebody's thing, you get to see whatever their image is or video or whatever it may be. And then it, it, they may have several of them. They're each shown for a small amount of time. And then it goes on and then you go into the next story from somebody else. And you go through however many stories are up there from the different people that you follow in different ways. Now, it's actually quite a compelling, I find it a compelling use of stories or an implementation of stories because there are a bunch of different forms you could do. By default, it drops you in when you start out at the beginning into the text panel where you can just type in some text, you know, do whatever you want to do, hit the fleet button and it's away. It's posted to your story. Interestingly, you can include account names in there. You can include hashtags. So you could do at mentions, you can do other things like that, but you can do this and put it out there. You also can take pictures right now. You can capture an immediate photo or, or a video. You can do that right there from the app. You can also you know, choose photos or videos from your camera roll. So you can go and do that. Once you've done this, you have some annotation tools. You can go and add text on top with multiple colors, background colors, resizing, moving those around. You can do some basic things like that. You don't have the ability to do more than text. You can't draw or do other things. Maybe that'll come at some point, but it's just the basic piece right there. But you can do this and you can add multiple annotations if you want to. You could have different text here. It says yay, or, or you can use emoji. You can do whatever else you want to do. You can, interestingly, share a tweet to a fleet. So when you're in a, um, and you're looking at a tweet and you look at the little share icon down in the bottom, there's now the ability to go and share that out to a fleet, at which point it will then show you a, a little card copy of the tweet and you can actually resize, rotate that, do other things with it that you want to do. And you can add annotation on top of this, you know, learn more or yay or, or an emoji or something else, whatever you want to go and do, you can do that. And then you can share it out as a fleet. So there are some interesting things that you can do with that. I think over the past couple of weeks, a lot of people have been experimenting and we've seen some very interesting ones. Uh, there, was a, there was a photographer in uh, Sweden who's done some pretty amazing, beautiful work. And, uh, and she was doing some interesting tweets. I found out she was using an app that was designed to do stories for Instagram, which would let you do things like have um, different formats, like thirds. So she had done something where she had two photos on the top and bottom and a video in the middle. You know, and, and playing with the app a bit, I saw there's a zillion different formats that you could use to do all sorts of stuff. Because of course, because of 
Snapchat, because of Instagram, because of Facebook, because of these things, there are a lot of apps to help people go and create this. I am inspired by Casey Newton, who does a a blog and a number of different things around platforms and pieces. He did uh, a number of fleets where what he was doing was using an app called Threads for Instagram, which has a cool feature that it auto transcribes what you say. So if you're talking in a video, it will then go and auto transcribe it and use different kinds of fonts to make it kind of interesting more than just somebody talking. You can see the words, which is also great if you're you know, not in a place where you could listen, but you're just kind of looking at the tweets and you don't want to hear the audio. It just does auto transcription. And I did this myself. If you happen to look at my tweets right now on the night of December 2nd, you would see that I, or my fleets, I should say, if you looked at them, you would see I have a couple of different fleets where I am talking, but words are appearing on top of me. I use the Threads app designed for Instagram to create these videos and then save them to my my iPhone camera or my photo roll there, my camera roll, and then I uploaded them as fleets. So, you know, these are the kind of things you can do in different ways. Like I said before, you can, you know, create action in this. Account names are clickable if you put that in there. NASA did something pretty cool. They had some some fleets where they talked about some of the launches and things, and they had one fleet that just had a whole bunch of their account names on it. So you could click on those and be able to go and jump to their various different accounts to learn more about what was going on in their different Twitter places that were that were around there. You can also click on hashtags. So if you use a hashtag in a fleet in the text overlay and the annotation that you put on there, the hashtags are clickable. So you can be able to work with that. Shared tweets are, of course, clickable. So if you share a tweet up there, uh, you can make that clickable. I mean, it is clickable. So you, somebody can click on that and be able to go and, and work with that. Clickable, tappable, whatever we're saying. You cannot, I have not found a way to do URLs. So you can't just put a web address in there and have it go to it. You would have to use, a, you know, a, a, um, a tweet or a hashtag or, or an account name. But anyway, you've got this ability to have some limited form of action that people can go and take. I've seen some very compelling content. Like I said, NASA did some really cool things with that. Um, the uh, A couple of the different world bodies have been doing some stuff on there. My employer, the Internet Society, our social media producer, did some pretty cool little vignettes and little stories about some different uh, community networks and, and did some other different pieces that were there. Mozilla just today had a piece, a little six-part thing about how they could you know, we want to thank the internet. And they said, you know, look at all the things it's been doing. And, you know, here, would you, you know, tweet something under this hashtag to, uh, to talk about how much you appreciate the internet. Um, Bloomberg has been doing, um, they do a series of fleets about their new business week stories that are coming up. So they're trying out the medium there to go and see what happens. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's an interesting format, the story format in general, like Snapchat, these disappear in 24 hours. They're just here and they're gone. Now, you know, it's interesting. The the folks at Twitter, when they're writing about why they did this, they said, and I'm quoting from their article, but some of you tell us that tweeting is uncomfortable because it feels so public, so permanent, and like there's so much pressure to rack up retweets and likes. That's why, unfortunately, there are so many tweets left in drafts. To help people feel more comfortable, We've been working on a lower pressure way for people to talk about what's happening. Today, we're launching fleets so everyone can easily join the conversation in a new way with their fleeting thoughts. And I'll admit, you know, there have been some times when I, well, 
Okay, so I've been on Twitter since 2006. I think there were like 10,000 people on Twitter when Chris Brogan got a whole bunch of us to go and join on Twitter and see what was happening in there. So from the beginning, I, I have always had this thing that I don't actually really care what I tweet. I mean, I, I'm within realm, within a realm of things, right? You know, but but I don't, I'm not, I don't have any kind of issue. I'm not that person that they just talked about. I have no issue posting up photos about whatever or text about whatever or things like that. I, it, it doesn't matter to me, but I get it. You know, as a, for instance, um, just this past Thanksgiving before it, um, my, on, on the day of Thanksgiving, actually, my wife and I randomly decided, oh, hey, you know, um, we had time. We weren't going anywhere. We're just here with our, with our family. We're not doing, not visiting anybody, not having anybody over, you know, it's a COVID Thanksgiving. We had time on our hands and, um, and we'd seen that Kamala Harris had posted a recipe for cornbread stuffing. And so we said, oh, you know, we have everything here except the sausage. So I said, oh, I'll go get the sausage at a local store. And then I decided to just try fleets and document the story a little bit. I could have tweeted it out, you know, but I tried fleets in part because it's the kind of thing that I don't really care about having the story of me trying out a cornbread stuffing recipe in my Twitter timeline. You know, it doesn't really matter if that stays around or whatever else. So I did it through fleets and they were gone. By the way, it was a very good recipe. I enjoyed it. But, you know, Twitter's implementation of fleets made it very easy to go and do this. You know, you just simply pointed the camera if you're using the capture mode and, and it stays there so you can then do another one. You know, it's, it doesn't go back to your timeline. It just keeps you in the fleets mode so you can do one and you can do another and do another and so on and so forth and, and work with that. There are also the same kind of controls that you have in Twitter that you can mute people, you can mute their fleets, you can report their fleets. If your tweets are protected, then your fleets will be protected. You know, it's, it's a similar kind of permissions and things that you go and, and work with that. There's a couple of interesting aspects, though, that there, you know, in this way to make it, uh, as I said, to make it lower entry, lower the barriers to entry, I guess I said. But there's some interesting facts, like you can't react I'm so used to, in the world of Twitter, I'm used to, you know, liking something. So when I saw these tweets, my initial reaction was to go and like. There's a little emoji button there and do it. But what that actually does is it sends a signal. It sends a direct message, a DM. So as I started to play with tweets and work with this, I suddenly found I was getting a lot of DMs. Because if you respond, if you reply to it, you know, even if you just want to say, hey, that's a cool photo or something like that, it winds up going in a DM to the person um, that they would see it. So it, it winds up in your messages that's there. Now, there's a caveat on this. Well, actually, let me just back up and say, I found it disorienting as a longtime Twitter user because I wanted to go and react and say, oh, that's really cool. I like that. Neat use of this, whatever. If I do that, it winds up going into a direct exchange. There's no public exchanges. You don't have any way. There's no public comments. There's no record around this. There's nothing else like this. And um, now that's only true if you have your DMs open or if somebody follows you and you follow them back or something like that, or if you allow public DMs. If you don't, if you keep it protected that you can only receive direct messages from people who you follow or, or even more restrictive, then there's actually nothing anybody could do with a fleet. They cannot react to it. They cannot comment on it. They can't do anything like that. They just look at it, you know, and then they go on. I mean, if they wanted to, they could, 
you know, click on your name at the top, go over to Twitter into the tweeting side and send you a message. But, uh, but that's, that's how it works there. Um, the other fascinating aspect, and I think this will be a challenge, uh, is that it is only on the mobile phone. So you have to be using the mobile phone app on iOS or Android and on the phone to be able to use stories or even to see stories. You can't see them if you're in Twitter on the desktop. You can't see them in TweetDeck. They're not even on the iPad. This surprised me because the iPad is also running iOS. And I often use an iPad when I'm just sitting around the house. I have an old iPad that I use for looking at things because, you know, I'm a little older. My eyes aren't as great looking at things on a small phone. But Twitter on the iPad doesn't have stories. So, you know, I I guess my question really, I think partly to Twitter maybe, is how many people live in their Twitter mobile app? Now, maybe this is different. Some of the places they tested, I realize, are places where there's a heavy usage of mobile devices all the time. But I know for me, sitting here in North America, I use Twitter a lot on my on my desktop, particularly in COVID because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not mobile. I'm here in my house, in my home office. I've got my computers right there. I look at Twitter in there. I can't go and... Um, and do this. I can't interact with stories. They're just, they're orphans. They're on the mobile environment only. And I've seen other places uh, like LinkedIn implemented its stories and they did that as well. And again, how many people use LinkedIn in a, in a mobile only environment to interact? And I've seen stories there pretty much die away. I've not really seen much after the initial flurry that people posted. On the other hand, I look at Instagram or Facebook or others, and they do have web access to the stories. So if you're in on a web browser, you can be able to go and see those stories and work with it. You'll see it right there on Facebook at the top of your, you'll see a bar for the stories there. And when you go and create new content, you're actually kind of encouraged to add it to your story in this kind of thing. So I'll be curious to see how this goes. One, I'll be curious to see if Twitter rolls it out to desktop or to TweetDeck or other things. Yeah, on TweetDeck, I'll tell a story. I replied to a fleet that somebody had put up and somebody else saw that, that reply, that DM in, um, in TweetDeck because they were using TweetDeck to work with it, but they had no context and they were like, why are you replying? Why are you sending me this message? I was doing a thumbs up or something because like the last thing I corresponded with them was a couple of years ago. So they were very confused, but then I explained it was reacting to a fleet. They looked on the mobile device. They saw that, oh yes, there it was in the DMs on the mobile device. It showed the fleet or that I was reacting to a fleet. So it's a bit of a confusion that's happening, I think, inside of there. The other element, and this this depends again on, on your audience, there's no analytics, right? There's no way to know how many people saw your fleet. Well, let me come to this. There's no way over the long term to know that. There is a way. You can look and see at the bottom how many people saw your fleet, and then there's a list. You can click on it and see the names of the people who saw it. So conceivably, if you thought about when you posted your fleet, you could come in at 23 hours and 59 minutes or you know something in that, 23 hours and 45 minutes or whatever, and you could see the list of how many people had done that and worked with this. Now, again, going back to Twitter's view, 
this isn't part of what they're thinking about, right? They want to just make it so you can just share your information. You don't have to think about likes, retweets, all of that. And quite honestly, for personal, you know, ad hoc posting, things like that, I don't care. I really don't care how many people saw my story about creating cornbread stuffing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care at all. I was just sharing something, trying it out, doing just ephemeral in the moment sharing. And if people saw it, great, cool. And if they didn't, I don't really care. But on the corporate side, if I'm trying this out as a medium, if I'm trying to look with this, you know, I do want to know to a certain level what kind of return on investment. If I'm spending time or money or energy to go and create this, how many people are actually seeing these things? Is it worth my time? Given that I have so many different channels that I could be creating content for, is it worth my time to go and create fleets? And right now, I don't have a great way to answer that. Again, like I said, you could go at 2358 from the time that you posted it, and you could look quickly right then and take a screenshot or do something and see how many people actually saw your tweet, your fleet. I'm sorry, your fleet. But that's it. That's all you can do. You can't really know anything else that's, that's, uh, that's there. Again, for personal, that's fine. But if for corporate, for people who may want to try to use fleets as communicators who may be listening to it, that's a challenge because you just don't have any way to easily go and, and get that kind of analytics or things around that. We'll see. Maybe they'll provide that inside of Twitter Insights at some times. I mean, it, it does feel a little bit like a separate product or something kind of glommed on in some way. So, uh, so we'll see. The other piece, again, of course, for a corporate environment is that the content is ephemeral. It's gone in 24 hours. So like my coworker posted a really cool story on a you know, multi-tweet little story that he posted to the uh, Internet Society's account as a, as a fleet or a set of fleets. You know, that's gone now. So there's nobody, you know, if you saw it then in that time moment, you saw it, it's great. But now if he wants to run that again, he needs to repost that some other time. Granted, he's already looking at how he can do other content, you know, in different times and, and post up different stories and different things to, you know, not just redo the same thing. But it is a case that if you're creating compelling content or something, you, you do realize it's performance art, basically, right? It's there and then it's gone 24 hours later. It is something you have to think about when you go and do it. So on one level, how do you ensure that it's you know lightweight, easy to produce because it's gone in 24 hours? All of those kind of things. Having said all this, I'm experimenting still. If you follow me, Dan York, on Twitter, and if you go and look at my fleets inside of uh, the the mobile app, you'll see that I'm I'm in there. I'm experimenting, not every day, but but some days. I'm going and trying it out, seeing what's in there seeing what we can do, trying some of these new apps to go and, and, uh, and see what kinds of stories we can create in the different ways. I guess the good news for Twitter is that they're coming into this, they're rolling this out when there's already a very strong understanding of stories across other platforms, in particular Instagram and Snapchat and places like that. So they're, you know, people are coming in with tools, with experience, with ideas already. We'll have to see. We'll also have to see where they take this because they said in their post, they said, Soon, stickers and live broadcasting will be available in fleets. Now, I'll admit, I don't actually really care about stickers. I'm, I guess some part of the demographic might, that, you know, that you can go and put little stickers on there in some way. That's cool, maybe. But I am interested in what they say about live broadcasting. 
So will this be a merger of what they can do with Periscope that you would bring that into your fleets? But, but how does that, how does that, like, what does it do? What's the added value? I'll be very curious to see what they do with this because will it make it so that you can, you know, have a live broadcast right in there? Will it be that you would, you know, be able to promote your Periscope streams as fleets? Maybe I, I, I don't honestly know. I'm, I'm very curious to see where that goes because of my interest in live broadcasting, live streaming, what we can do with this in different kinds of ways. We shall see. Hopefully this gave you a bit of a tour of what fleets are all about and some things to think about. I'll be very curious. What do you think? Will you fleet or is this just not in your future? In a future episode, I want to talk a bit more about this story format and why it's so popular. I'd be curious about any of your feedback around the story format, around fleets, any of that. You can leave comments, of course, here at soundcloud.com slash Dan York, where I post this, but you can also leave it, of course, on Twitter, where uh, where you can find me at Dan York. And uh, you can find more of my audio and writing at danyork.me. Thanks for listening. Bye for now, and I'll see you on Twitter where I'm tweeting and fleeting. Bye for now.